This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. It's Wednesday, October the 27th, Budget Day, and we're going to have more on that in just a bit for you. But first off this afternoon, 14 people have been arrested at an Insulate Britain protest near the Dartford Crossing. Protesters blocked Crossways Boulevard and Bob Dunway this morning, with some gluing themselves to the road. It didn't go down well with this driver. The protests happened despite an England-wide injunction to try and stop them. Dean Bottom was caught up in the disruption as he tried to get to work in Greenhithe. He spoke to Lucy shortly afterwards. So I was just on my way to work um, and popped into Costa to grab a coffee. Um, I was sort of looking around Costa and there was um, not the normal clientele in there. It's normally like builders and office workers at that time in the morning. There was quite a few suits dressed in there which turned out to be news crews um so i thought straight away something was up and then literally jumped back in my van as soon as i hit the roundabout they sort of just walked out in front of me um to which i burst into hysterical laughter so i think she was thought before i was gonna jump out and start swearing at them which you know i agree with their right to protest at the end of the day and uh, the police were brilliant they were there within you know seconds really so it was obviously well known that they were going to hit that area. Um, But yeah, they were moved within 10 minutes probably. So, I mean, it caused me a slight delay, but like I said, I think the police now are pretty much doing a good job with it. They seem to be given the powers to move them on quite quickly. Uh, One of them had glued himself to the road, but I think by the looks of it, the police were on the verge of removing him by force off the road. So... And was it scary for you as a driver? Did you feel like you were going to hit them or, you know, was it scary having to slam on your brakes or anything? No, because what they'd done, they'd done it at a um, pedestrian um, crossing. So it was a red light anyway, so I had to stop and then they just walked out as normal pedestrians and then sat down. And what do you what do you think about all the, all these protests? Because I know we've seen some disruption on the M25, you know, the Port of Dover, um, and they've said they're going to keep doing it. What do you think about it all? Uh, personally, obviously, I agree with their right to protest, but you know, from a from a tactics point of view, I don't agree with the areas that they're hitting. You know, they seem to be targeting the you know everyday working people, um, which isn't the right idea because obviously that's just going to get people against them. I think you know personally, they should be targeting. If they want to go and protest, you know, go and target Downing Street or Westminster and those areas like everyone else does. Um, that's where they're going to get the most impact, in my opinion. But obviously, I can't preach for what they do. It's up to them. And what do you do for a job and where do you work? Did you manage to get there on time? Yeah, yeah, I'm a company director. So um, my office is in Green Eye Village. So it's just literally around the corner from there. So like I said, I was about 10 minutes late. So it wasn't the biggest drama. Do you think for people who have been disrupted by these protests, do you think it might put them off the, the cause a little bit? Um, and, you know, this campaign's all about raising awareness and getting the government to act. But do you think they're going the right way about it? Um, I think on the back of what I've just witnessed this morning, I don't think it's ha- going to have much impact now. Um, I've got staff that have travelled over from Essex over to Dartford Bridge. You know, the their, their cells are about 15 minutes late this morning, so it, it's not giving a massive impact now. As I said earlier, it looks like the police have been given the powers to deal with it pretty quickly now, which they did. 
Um, so I think they need to probably switch what they're doing because it doesn't look like it's having the impact that it once had. Activists also blocked the A40 in West London where 17 people were detained. The new injunction means protesters could be fined or even jailed for interfering with traffic on any key route in the country. But the group say they'll keep blocking roads until the government takes action to insulate homes. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and the former police officer from Deal who murdered Sarah Everard is going to appeal against his whole life prison sentence. 48-year-old Wayne Cousins used his warrant card and handcuffs to kidnap her in London in March before her body was found in Woodland near Ashford. He was locked up last month after pleading guilty to all charges. The family of a teenage girl who died after being hit by a car in Dover have paid tribute to their bright, beautiful daughter. 13-year-old Maya Lawrence was killed while crossing the 256 near the Whitfield roundabout earlier this month. Her family say she loves sport and wanted to work in the caring profession when she grew up. A man's been arrested on suspicion of drink driving following a crash between Canterbury and Thanet. Three people were taken to hospital following the collision involving three vehicles on the A28 Island Road in Upstreet on Monday. It destroyed a BMW, which was apparently being test-driven. A 40-year-old man has been questioned and released under investigation. Coming up, you'll hear about the girls' night in protest happening today following concerns about drink spiking. But next, let's hear what's happened in today's budget. The Chancellor's been revealing... The government's spending plans to deliver a new post-pandemic economy. We already know before the announcement started that Rishi Sunak would increase minimum wages and end the public sector pay freeze. And he started off by painting a pretty positive picture. Employment is up. Investment is growing. Public services are improving. The public finances are stabilising and wages are rising. Now, he did mention rising prices in the shops and blamed that on the reopening of global economies following the pandemic. Business rates, we're told, will stay despite a recent review. But next year, we're told those in the retail, hospitality and leisure sectors can get a 50% discount. Apart from the Covid reliefs, this is the biggest single-year tax cut to business rates in over 30 years. Yeah. Madam Deputy Speaker... Taken together, today's budget cuts business rates by £7 billion. For families, there's going to be a change to universal credit, specifically a cut in what's called the taper rate. It's designed to make sure people don't lose out on benefits by working more. Rishi Sunak says the planned rise in fuel duty is being cancelled, as is the increase on spirits, wine, cider and beer. In fact, the whole alcohol duty system is being revamped. Well, Labour's shadow chancellor, Rachel Reeves, gave her response to the budget. She doesn't think enough is being done to help struggling families. Working people are being asked to pay more for less for three simple reasons. Economic mismanagement, an unfair tax system and wasteful spending. Let's get some reaction in Kent then. Tudor Price is the Deputy Chief Executive of the Kent Invictor Chamber of Commerce. He described it as a vital budget to help businesses continue to recover. Obviously there was a tremendous amount of support um, uh, announced when we went into into the sort of pandemic, went into lockdown. And I remember being interviewed back then um, actually and thinking actually that that was really quite an impressive array of support measures the government came forward. None of us are naive. We understand that, you know, the books have to be balanced and you can never spend more than you earn. You know, we're a business. We understand the laws of profit and loss, you know. So we understand that. But 
really, it comes down to the detail and what we want more than anything from, from business as we move forward now and as these announcements start to get sort of unpicked and the, the detail becomes more clear, we really need government to sort of try and not try and bluff their way through it and sort of try and disguise the bad news. Tell us the bad news and we can work with it. So, you know, the certainty is, is what we're looking for. But again, the economy is still pretty fragile. So it's quite a critical budget. It can sort of make or break with the recovery. You can read about the budget headlines and have your say at kentonline.co.uk. We've also got analysis there from our political editor, Paul Francis. And tonight's episode of The Lowdown on our Facebook Live is also reacting to the budget. You can get involved by posting a comment or asking the panel of experts a question. It's on from six. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. The government appears to have bowed to pressure over a row about sewage polluting rivers and the sea. It happened in places like Thanet and Whitstable recently. The Environment Secretary says there are now plans to make water companies more responsible for leaks during bad weather. There was a public backlash after MPs voted against enforcing a legal duty on firms last week. Sally Burt-Jones is from SOS Whitstable. What's happened since uh, the vote last week is a huge amount of public attention and a lot of anger, I think, across the country about uh, the fact that all of these Conservative MPs, um, a lot of which represent constituencies which have a UK coastline, um, have actually voted against making it a legal requirement for these water companies to reduce their sewage pollution. Hundreds of people in Medway have been left without the internet following malicious attacks on openreach cables. Broadband wires have been cut and stolen three times over the last 10 days, affecting homes and businesses in Who and All Hallows. Most customers have now been reconnected. Residents are concerned a new 5G mast will spoil the view of Canterbury Cathedral. Mobile Network 3 wants to build one on New Dover Road to boost phone coverage. The mast would be 20 metres tall and those against it have described it as ugly and inappropriate for a major route into the city. It looks like plans to turn a former cinema in Gravesend into flats are going to be rejected. Developers want to convert the King Street site into 53 apartments but bosses have advised to refuse planning permission because of concerns about the design and heritage of the building. Now women across Kent are being urged to avoid pubs, clubs and bars tonight to raise a awareness of drink spiking and other safety issues. The people behind the girls' night in protest say not enough concern is being shown by local clubs or the government. Aisha Dosange is president of the Kent Union. I think ultimately this is a wider issue around consent and our ability to enjoy ourselves when we're participating in events and, and activities like going out at night time. I think it's it's not just drink spiking alone. It's ultimately issues around sexual assault and sexual violence and just safety at nighttime. Really, it's something that affects all of us, whether or not there are a few cases or lots of cases. And it's really about making sure that we can come together as a community. In terms of cases, it's a live issue that we're constantly monitoring inside our venues. And we're working with the local police and the council to make sure that we're keeping drink spiking on the low in all of Canterbury but ultimately it's something that is always going to be an issue that we need to tackle as soon as possible whether or not there are only one or two cases going around. Obviously you you speak to students very regularly how safe do you think they feel going out and about in the city? Um, We have student priorities that students voted upon and so we know that thousands of students felt as though safety especially the safety of women on campus is a huge issue for us and something that we need to tackle as a community. So it is something that's always on our minds, but in recent times has been 
really huge given the fact that we're hearing about things like injection spiking and things like um, cases coming up, especially given that going out in nighttime economy venues is something that's been relatively new and relatively recent given the opening of bars and clubs. Um, We might have heard of drink spiking as in things being put into drinks, but you mentioned there injection spiking, which perhaps some people haven't heard of before. Can you, it might sound a bit obvious, but can you explain that to us? There's something being going around nationally where people have been injected with substances. And so far, nothing has really come out of it except for a couple of people who have been arrested on suspicion. And so it's something that's relatively new and something that we haven't really seen before. And so it's caused a lot of worry among people because ultimately we don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think spiking in general is quite a big issue because it happens quite frequently, but we don't realise it. So obviously the most common misconception is that someone goes and puts a little something in your drink, um, like date rape drugs and things like that. But of course, it's also things like... And your friend asks for a single and you get them a double or you get your friend a beer and put a shot of vodka in it. Like things like anything that is giving your friend or someone, you know, something that they don't expect is is spiking. And it's really something that needs to be tackled, especially in things like lad culture. And you mentioned, of course, um, going out. It hasn't been part of the the uni scene for about a, a year, 18 months people are going back out again obviously they want to enjoy themselves do you think maybe they'd forgotten that these things exist and and perhaps we just need to raise the awareness again for a lot of people we are always vigilant when we go out anyway but I think it's really important to remember the some of the basics that we we sometimes forget about Um, I think what's really important is to instill that culture of things like we go to the club together we come back from the club together and things that are kind of passed down through um, from the older students to the younger students. But of course, we have been making sure that the local police, as well as our street marshals and our campus security are doing additional patrols. Um, We have things like a walking taxi that will walk you from our nightclub on campus to your accommodation. And so we've been ramping up those structures that are in place. But I think in terms of behaviours, I think most women do feel a little bit more uncomfortable and a little bit more vigilant. And as a woman myself, that is something that is quite emotionally laborious to have to keep thinking what's going to happen in this situation, even if it is rare. Obviously, it's something that's on our minds. So I think there has been a small change in behavior. But ultimately, I think most people know that the people around them are there to care for them. Club Chemistry in Canterbury have said they'll stay close tonight in solidarity. They're also sending staff on refresher training on being vigilant. Matthew Jones Roberts is the owner. This is something that no one wants. No one wants people to be spiked um, at all. Um, And it's going to take a collective effort as society and venues and the authorities involved to make sure that we try and eradicate it completely. So we are in support of the Girls' Night In campaign. Um, We met with them today and had a really productive chat in terms of measures that we can look to impose um, further to what we already do. Our main procedures run through from people arriving. So we carry out searching, sometimes with sniffer dogs, um, which sort of tries to cut things off as people arrive and try and stop things coming into the venue that shouldn't be coming in. And we use metal detection ones as well. Um, whilst in the venue, 
we have um, various policies and procedures, things like a bystander policy where staff are trying to be vigilant and looking out for people that might have sinister intentions and looking to intervene on those. It's going to be a real community effort here. Um, venues don't want spiking to occur and we spend hundreds of hours and thousands of pounds every year to try and stop measures that you know people may take to interrupt someone's night or fun. Well, you've been commenting on our socials after we asked if you were worried about drink spiking. Lindsay Cracknell says, yes, I've had my drink spiked. It's just awful. No serious harm came to me, but I was very ill. I look at young girls in bars being so careless with their drinks and worry for them. Never take drinks from strangers, never leave a drink or go back to an unattended one. Always cover your drink when you're dancing or chatting. If I'm in my local social club with friends, I don't worry. I know everyone, but whenever I venture somewhere else, else my drink is always in my hand at all times. Janet Hedges has added this doesn't just happen to young women just as much chance happening to your sons and wives. I'm 50 almost 100% sure this happened to me Friday night. Not much to drink and collapsed blacked out face first onto the floor causing damage to my face in Rochester. So be careful everyone. Lucky for me I was safe and taken to A&E. And Sean Taylor has said I was spiked once and it worries me for my daughter when she gets older so easy to do. Well, we have also been sent a statement from Superintendent Pete Steenhouse from Kent Police. It says, Kent Police and our partner agencies work hard to keep our communities and students safe. Our dedicated community safety units work to prevent and deter criminal activity in public places with specialists such as our licensing officers who help to improve safety in pubs clubs and bars. Kent Online reports. A toy and fancy dress shop in Herne Bay has refused to take a Gestapo uniform off sale, despite complaints from the Jewish community that it's offensive and insensitive. The outfit, depicting those worn by the official secret police of Nazi Germany, is on display at Kids Corner, but shop owner Melvin Smedley believes it's simply historical representation and he says he can't afford to ditch his stock. You can see it and let us know what you think by heading to Kent Online. A Sheppey vape shop owner who says he tracked down thieves who stole £8,000 worth of goods from his store has accused police of not investigating quickly enough. Burglars raided Terry Utting's store almost two weeks ago. No arrests have been made, despite him offering to hand information over to officers. Well, in a statement sent to the podcast, police say officers attended the scene on the same date the offence was reported, reviewed CCTV from a nearby business. A crime scene investigator also assessed the premises for forensic samples. On October the 16th, that's two days later, officers were able to seize additional CCTV from council-owned cameras. They also received further information from the victim, who'd gathered additional video footage, which has since been collected and is being assessed. They say inquiries to identify the suspects remain ongoing. A Kent boy who raised more than £1.5 million for charity has been given a British Citizen Youth Award at the House of Lords. Tony Hudgel from Kings Hill walked 10 kilometres on his prosthetic legs last summer, to help the hospital that saved his life when he was abused as a baby. The seven-year-old has previously won a Pride of Britain award and features in a new book about adoption. We spoke to his mum Paula about that in the podcast last Thursday. Do listen back if you haven't heard it already. A troop of squirrel monkeys has moved into a brand new enclosure at Howlett's Wild Animal Park near Canterbury. They've been transferred from Port Lim near Hythe, which is also run by the Aspinall Foundation. The monkeys are native to the rainforests of Central and South America and can live in groups of up to 500. 
The original Rolls-Royce used in the Darling Buds of May series is going up for auction. The show was on TV back in the 90s and was filmed here in Kent. The yellow car driven by Pop Larkin is expected to sell for up to £70,000. And a new shop has opened at Blue Water, selling food and drink made right here in the county. The produced in Kent store is stocking goods from brands like Shepherd Neen, Kent Crisps and Mepham Valley Vineyard. It's hoped it'll encourage us to shop locally. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham are out of the EFL Trophy. They were beaten 2-0 by West Ham's under-21s in their third group game at Priestfield last night. Jill's assistant manager Paul Rayner isn't happy with how the side played. Uh, disappointing performance. The league games are the priorities. Uh, we've, uh, we've put out a team that we also felt that uh, would do a lot better than they did tonight. So it's a disappointing performance. I just felt it was a flat performance, you know. They've got some, some very good young players and you've got to give West Ham credit. They played, uh, played some good stuff. They played with a real energy, a real aggression and, uh, and a lot of quality at times. But uh, we never really got going. We conceded two really sloppy goals. And when you do that, it's a mountain to climb. So uh, some disappointing individual performances as well. We've... Uh, We've gave people an opportunity tonight. They've been knocking on the door of the office saying, I'm desperate to play, give me a chance. We've gave them a chance tonight and they've not grasped that opportunity, which is disappointing for them. They're telling us they're chomping at the bit. They're telling us they're desperate to play. That was the ideal opportunity. It was an ideal opportunity against a decent West Ham team to show that, uh, that we're ready for Saturday. You know, we've, we've not been in scintillating form. We did play well in spells on Saturday. Probably should have got more out of the game. But there is opportunities there to, to break into the team. John O'Kindy's come back into the team. You know, others, others have come into the team. Rhys Bennett's come into the team. Danny Lloyd recently has come into the team. And that's, that's on performance in training and in games when they've, when they've impacted the games. But we didn't impact the game whatsoever tonight. And that's the disappointing thing. Because if they could play, they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be at a League One football club if they couldn't play. They just didn't grasp the opportunity. So that's disappointing for them. Disappointing for us because we want... We want an opportunity to pick these players, but if they're not performing, we can't do that. They're back in League One action this weekend when they host Accrington Stanley. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Raducanu has won her first WTA Tour match. The 18-year-old from Bromley came back from a set-down to survive the first round of the Transylvania Open. It's her first victory since she became US Open champion last month. Maybe I do have a target on my back, but... Even if there is pressure, I don't really think there is from outside pressure. The only pressure is from myself and uh, it's something that you just learn to deal with. And I actually quite enjoy playing under some sort of like adrenaline. She'll play Romanian Anna Bogdan in the round of 16 tomorrow. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. You can do it by subscribing. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk